Welcome to the Sometime Spouse Podcast. I am Christy Ogle, the host, and today we are so lucky to have on Ask an Expert, Rich Richardson, who is an expert at marketing and advertising for small businesses. Rich Richardson for 16 years has been in radio broadcast and he actually was at the beginning of when Pizza Hut started with grassroots marketing and mass marketing for the Pizza Hut. How many of you guys out there love pizza from Pizza Hut? There used to be a beef and cheddar pizza back in Missouri that don't have it in Texas that was just absolutely amazing. It's a different subject though. Maybe I'll have an ask an expert with him about Pizza Hut one day. But he is also the general manager and sports director of 94.5 The Beat here in Waco. Rich, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you for the invite. Uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's... Uh, the beef and cheddar was cool, but uh, you know I remember the uh, the big remember the Bigfoot. Oh my god! The big rectangle Bigfoot pizza, that was my I favorite. Do. So I have to tell you a story before we get into the podcast about the Bigfoot pizza. So this friend of mine that I worked with at a furniture store, her name was Misha Wallace in Nevada, Missouri. Her and I were both pregnant at the same time. And we would order a Bigfoot, which, what was it, two foot long by like two two foot wide or something like that. We'd order the beef and cheddar with mushrooms. And her and I... Two pregnant chicks would down that for lunch during the day. <laughs> How it's I miss the, the Bigfoot. combination I've heard, though. Trust me. I bet. I bet. So, like, I do. I always tell the kids about this Bigfoot pizza, and they don't believe me. So, I'm going to make them listen to the podcast and be like, he was there. He knows. The yeah. Bigfoot was amazing. Oh, it was amazing. But the, the only bad part to that pizza was getting it in the bag. Oh, I bet. Once you put it on the cardboard piece, trying to fit that thing in that bag, oh, that was awful. But outside, it was a fantastic pizza. I I, I was really surprised when they got rid of it. Yeah, one of my favorite pizzas of all time, the Bigfoot. Because, like, seriously, with normal people, it would probably feed all of Not just two pregnant chicks. Hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. Our children were very healthy when they were born. I remember that was with my firstborn 20 years ago. Yeah, I got pregnant when I was like nine because I'm only 29. But uh, just kidding, listeners. Don't send me hate mail. (laughs) So um, she was nine pounds, 10 ounces. So she, she grew from the Bigfoot. There you go. That was what she was made of. And Diet Coke. (laughs) So, good combo. (laughs) Rich, tell me, what did you do in a former life before you were in marketing and advertising? Well, I spent 10 years, uh, you know, I've done radio 16 years. I spent 10 years with Pizza Hut, so it's kind of glossy going back further than that. But um, did do some things with Home Depot when they first started in Dallas, Fort Worth, and um, did a lot of the retail type things and did a lot of, um, uh, you know, the setting up of the stores and helping out with those kind of things. Just, just the basic college student kind of stuff. You know, I did my time at McDonald's. Um, as I think everybody at least spent a little bit of time, if not at McDonald's at a fast food place at some point. Um, 
you know, and then also did some things with internships at local radio stations and TV stations and newspapers and things like that. So I could kind of get the feel because I've always had the business in my blood. Um, my father has master's degrees in radio, TV, production and engineering. And uh, so it's kind of been, but he doesn't want to get in front of the mic. I'm a little more, you know, I, I'm more comfortable going both directions. He doesn't, as far as he's concerned, he could never get in front of the mic and he don't care. Um, but it's kind of, it's just always been interesting to me. Um, but you know, the last 26 years I've had some role in the marketing of businesses and, um, it's, it's been pretty cool, whether it was the business I worked with or the businesses I worked for. And, uh, it's, it's been a blast. It really has been. And, and to see what's happened with the stations here in town and in particular, this station, um, it's, it's phenomenal and it's you know, yes, there's the corporate businesses, but the local direct businesses that we work with are 50 times better. Wow. So do you have any interesting hobbies? Uh, I am a huge sports guy. Um, I, you know, if, if it's a sport, I'm involved with it. Uh, whether it, I, I used to play, uh, played baseball for 26 years. Uh, all the way into semi-pro ball. I was a catcher, believe it or not. I'm seven foot tall and I played catcher. Uh, hence why my knees are shot. <laughs> but played football, uh, played basketball for a while. Uh, bowl. Bowling is, is another one of those once the knees get a little better, I might get back to doing. But um, And then, of course, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, – I, I enjoy doing a lot of stuff with my family now. You know, I, I got married the first time a little over five years ago at 43. So aging myself, of course. But, um, you know, I've got two sets of twins. Uh, two, one's in the, well, the, the oldest one, yeah, one's married, one's in the Air Force. And the youngest two just graduated from Midway High School. So they're part of this 2020 graduation that was absolutely berserko. You know, they didn't get to do their prom. They didn't get to do the true graduation, all that kind of stuff. So they have stories to tell their kids. Um but yeah, I mean, it's pretty much uh, the sports, and then my wife, and the kids get it too. But my wife is as big a sports fan as I am. Some of the teams are a little different. Uh-huh. She's from Louisiana, so she's a Saints fan. I believe black and gold. I'm a Steelers guy. Oh really? But, uh, but you know, we both, yeah, but we both watch. Yeah, but we both watch the Rangers. Uh, we're both big Rangers fans. I'm, of course, a Pirates fan too. But. You know, we'll go to games. But that's one of the biggest things we missed with this whole pandemic deal Mm -hmm. is not going to the Ranger games, the new stadium, you know, that whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, hobby wise, it's pretty much doing stuff with with the family and doing stuff with my radio family as well. Wow. So tell me about marketing and how it was going pre-COVID. Uh, Pre-COVID, I mean, you had businesses from all sorts of different directions getting involved with the station, um, whether it was, you know, fitness centers, car dealers, restaurants. um, And then, of course, you had events where you had these festivals and these car shows and, um, you know, all these different things going on. We were able to do ticket giveaways for things like, you know, the NBA and for Baylor. You know, Baylor sports and all those kinds of things. Uh, Rangers baseball. Um, We do a promotion every summer called the 94 Days of Summer. Yeah. 
and we give away tickets to Six Flags, Schlitterbahn, Fiesta, Texas, all those things. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, things like that were in operation because you still had spring break. Six Flags was open for spring break, you know, before yeah. the pandemic hit and all that. And things were, you were growing into the year. Because in this business, you, you, you build into like June. July kind of goes down a little and then it builds back up for the rest of the year. So, you know, we were doing our usual stuff, getting things ready for end of the school year, um, doing different things to uh, start working on. We do a lot of community stuff. Uh So we usually we we do two or three different kickball games, volleyball games, that kind of stuff with the elementary schools here in Waco uh, where our personalities go out and they'll play against the teachers. You know, we'll get some of the students to play with us. And we'll play against the teachers. Um, stuff like that. And we were planning all these different things and, and even planning things down the road like Susan G. Komen. Yeah. We've been the major radio sponsor for the Susan G. Komen run for the last four years. And we were starting to plan out things for that and different events for that. And a lot of those events have gone away. Yeah. Um, it, there, there was a lot of activity, a lot of um getting out doing live appearances um we probably average somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 what we call remotes but live broadcasts a month whether we're at a car dealer at a restaurant at an insurance office a tax office uh you name it we're there well when all especially in the beginning when they said you're not going anywhere yeah okay fine You know, we couldn't go these places. And we just started doing some here during the month of June with the census. Yeah. Where we've teamed up with the city of Waco. And every day this month, in fact, one of my guys is getting ready to go out for one right now. And we go out to a different place in town to get people signed up for the census. Because this just in, despite the fact the pandemic's here, they still have a census going on this year. Yeah. And they're, they're really, you know, everybody's pushing hard to get those numbers in because it affects all these different things. So they're having to get creative on how to get people to do it because you can't have John Q census taker going, hi, could I give, could I take the census survey for you? No. You can't knock on somebody's door and do that. So they had to come up with creative ways as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, leading into it, we, we had tons of activity going. Tons of it that kind of went to a mild roar afterwards. Yeah, it came to a complete stop three months ago. Um, So it really affected all businesses, but people don't realize TV, radio, businesses. Like it affects y'all too, because you're a small business in Waco also. Exactly. Um, You know, when they closed the gyms, obviously the gyms quit advertising. Yep. You know, because they didn't need to. Their doors were shut. You know, uh, and that's one of the few times that I can legitimately tell someone, okay, you don't need to advertise. If your doors are locked, we're not, (laughs) you know, it doesn't make any sense for you to advertise. Yeah. But yeah, it it, it definitely um, affected us. We we came to the conclusion that honestly, in Waco, Texas, to me anyway, the two businesses in this area that were affected the least with this whole thing were Sonic and Bush's Chicken. Because the drive up and the curbside and all that is status quo for those guys. Yeah. 
you know, so they just carried on business as normal. I know Bush's has the dining, the little dining rooms and that kind of thing, but the lion's share of their business comes through that drive-thru. Yeah. Just like with Sonic, you pull in, you do. So they were still doing business as usual. Everybody else not only had to change their outlook with the dining room, but they also had to change their systems for doing the curbside. They had to start doing deliveries and start getting used to these delivery systems that are out there, the Ubers, the, drive, the Uber Eats, the Grubhubs, the Sikkim deliveries and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it was a culture shock for the restaurants as much as it was for the people. Yeah. It's insane how it just came to a complete stop. Now, it is gradually starting to reopen. We're still not at 100% here in Texas. How have you seen it kind of shift after the reopening phase? Well, it's people are a little more open to doing things. People are a little more open to trying to drive those people in. But they're still concerned because they're trying to make up for, like you said, the last two, two and a half, three months that they didn't have any or very little business. On the flip side of that, though, a lot of what's going on is, you know, when the gym, when you were able to go back to the gyms, the gym started advertising again. When you were able to go back and do the hair and nails and that kind of stuff, those types of businesses were able to get back on the air and that kind of thing. Um, the, but when you look at some businesses, like I'll use auto dealers as, as, as a perfect example, okay? The auto dealers, they're having trouble getting vehicles. Yeah. Especially the foreign car dealers because they're not coming in because the people that have been working on them, you know, they're in another country and all this other stuff. So they're having it. They're not getting cars in as frequently. So they're not, it's not for not wanting to advertise. They just don't have enough inventory to advertise. Um, things of that nature. So is it starting to turn a corner? Absolutely. Is it back to where it was? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but it's definitely getting there. It's getting there. I think a lot of the, I think a lot of it is the aggressiveness, pseudo aggressiveness that governor Abbott has put out there. Um, you know, granted some of it has had to be kind of pulled back a little bit, but you know, allowing the restaurants to gradually go to 25% and then go to 50% and things of that nature. I think that's had a lot to do with things too. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like as a small business owner that we are, I've, what I've seen some people do, sometimes spouse actually doubled our advertising when this happened because we were deemed an essential business because we're a handyman business uh, or a construction business and also uh, a maid service cleaning business. So we're deemed as essential. But yeah. what's happened is about a hundred thousand small businesses in america have closed permanently yeah and also two percent of all small businesses will never reopen and i've even heard staggering figures for restaurants that 75 percent of them will close i mean the odds are stacked against you in small business anyways nine out of ten businesses don't make it it's like we're going out there knowing that the odds are against us we're gonna get killed one day but um that 75% of restaurants are 
going to close and up to 43% of all small businesses are going to close their doors to forever. So what happened with COVID is it brought everything to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. And those businesses that were roaring halt, closed, they quit doing their marketing. And what happens when they quit doing their marketing, Rich? Uh, it's one of those things that people got scared. And when you get scared, what do you do? You turtle, you pull into your shell and you get real conservative and you get to that point where you're like, okay, every penny is staying right here. You know, and, and I've even used the statement with people before in this, I apologize that it sounds a little harsh, especially in this, you know, this time frame. but I would cut staff before I cut advertising mm -hmm. because the biggest thing that you can do is you can bring staff back. Mm -hmm. If you lose a customer to your competition, you may not get them back. Mm -mm. And if you go to, you know, any, I don't care what type of business it is. It could be a tire shop. It could be a restaurant. It could be whatever. Once you lose that customer, it's very, very difficult to get them back, especially if they've gotten good service from the other one. So you, you, and then you get the people that are, well, we've got a great location. We've got all this, you know, we've been around for 50 years and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. Fantastic. You know, but there's, you, you I, I have a statement that's, you, you probably saw it on the bottom of one of my emails when, when we talked back and forth. If you threw a party and didn't send out invitations, why would you be mad if nobody showed up? If you're opening your doors and not inviting people to come in, then you have absolutely zero right to be upset that you don't have customers because you're not, I don't care how good of a location you have. You know, there was a, there. If you look at the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills. For those folks that aren't in Waco, Waco Drive and Valley Mills is the busiest intersection in Waco or second if it's not. Three different places, three, have closed in the last six months. Yep. I never, I don't know about you, but I never saw one drop of advertising for any of the uh -huh. three of them. I don't care if it was radio, TV, billboard, whatever. Never saw a drop, did you? No. And you know which ones I'm talking about. No, I do know exactly what you're talking about. And I saw that with my franchisees too. The ones that didn't spend money pre-COVID, they didn't spend money during COVID and they're out of business. Like they thought that just the name should let them ride, which some of those businesses you're talking about thought the name should just let them ride. But the thing about advertising is in 2020, and it could be changed because of COVID, but in 2020, a customer has to see your brand at least 16 times in several different types of media you have to get in front of them stop their scroll so they can see you even if it's just for a split second in your brand so that they'll call you instead of your competition and when you stop all that even if you're in business for 50 years and you've got all this momentum with advertising and marketing and yeah you're in a great space but um you stop that momentum i mean just end it you can't get 50 years worth of momentum going again when you open the doors, turn on the lights, and start advertising. Exactly. 
And I mean, you get a business and here locally, I mean, one of the biggest examples of the local business that no matter the success that he's had, still is advertising and marketing his business constantly is George's. Yeah. You go to George's on a Friday night, good luck to you finding a seat. True. But Sammy Satrano is out there marketing himself constantly, whether it's through Baylor, whether it's through events, whether it's through chamber things, he's still constantly getting it out there. So the, the analogy that I try to use with folks is if it's good for him, if it's good for Chick-fil-A, who has a line around the building half the time, yep. if it's good for these monster businesses, then what makes you any better than them? And granted, they'll come back and say, well, I don't have millions of dollars to spend on advertising. And I get that. Yeah. This is where I get mad with the Small Business Administration. Because I've done numerous seminars and all these different kinds of things and been with the Small Business Administration whenever I've done these. They teach the small businesses. And I don't know if you went through all their stuff whenever y'all got started or not. But they teach you all the things about overhead and budgeting and you know naming your business and all these different other things. They don't say word one about marketing and advertising your business. Nope. And then people are wondering, we've got this great service, this great product, but nobody's coming in to buy it. Nobody's no, the phone's not ringing, the door's not opening. Well, what are you doing to invite people in? Well, what are you talking about? And they're not taught that. To me, the, that's the second most important thing you have to do. Your systems of operations and your staff are number one. How you're getting customers is number two, because there's only two ways to grow a business. This was taught to me by a very wise man, Bill Grand, many, many years ago. You sell more people or you sell the people you got more. Uh-huh. That's the only way you can do it. Um, I, I, have got, <laughs> I have got to, ah, is there a way to, can I take it? I hate to do this to you, Christy. I have got an emergency. I am, I, take, am I able to take care of something? I understand what we can do is just wrap up this half of the podcast and then come right back to it. So just let me know. That would be great. Um, you want me to hit you up on Messenger? Yeah, hit me up on Messenger. Okay, thank you. I apologize. That's all right. That's all right. I'll holler at you in a few minutes. Okay, cool. This Thanks. was part one of the interview with Rich Richardson. He has to step away for a few minutes. And since this is a live pro- podcast, we'll come right back and have part two of Ask an Expert with Rich Richardson. We'll be right back, you guys. Sorry, this thing's been scheduled for weeks. That's why I was. This is going to go to 11. What's up?